Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Acts chapter 3 verse 1 through 8. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at him eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then, and then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And, he's, and he did, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. I love that. Don't you just love that, that you can have an impact in someone's life in such a way that those that kept themselves from coming to the temple or coming to church, they can come now to church because of something you've done in their life. Amen? One more scripture. Acts chapter 3. If we we continue reading, I'm just going to hop real quick to verse 16. And verse 16 says, Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Faith in Jesus' name, just just in case were ever confused what healed this man or what it is that this man needed it was faith in Jesus the byproduct of his healing was faith in Jesus he didn't receive the healing apart from faith in Jesus he received the healing because of faith in Jesus amen and so today we're going to find out what this church is all about and I want to give you the title here it is we preach Jesus is that all right I think it sounded better than what I heard. I said, we preach. Say it with me. Jesus. One more time. Help me out. Come on. We preach. One more time as as best as you can. We preach. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you that you continue this continuously faithful to us. Father, help us preach you with our lives. Help us preach you with our hearts. Help us display to the world who you are in us we love you lord we thank you god that you're keeping us warm in this freezing cold weather thank you that i have an amazing opportunity to pastor such an amazing church and i'm married to the hottest woman on the planet in jesus name we pray and if you agree shout amen and amen amen hey i want to ask uh Anybody here recently married? If you've been married less than a year, let me let me hear you. Less than a year. Come on. You guys sound more excited than that. <laughs> How about two years? Anybody married two years? 
Anybody more than five years married? You're more than five years married. Let me hear, let me hear an applause, a hallelujah, something. This is your, this is your time right here. <laughs> this is your time. Any single folk in the house? Single folk? Man, they, they sound dead too. And uh, we're just going <laughs> to... I've been married five years. Praise the Lord. Five years is like a long time in this day and age. You know what I'm talking about? Like five years is a long time. Um, and so I've been able to have uh, five birthday celebrations with my beautiful wife. And uh, have, you ever, have you ever forgotten your spouse's birthday? Yeah, me either. Oh. Yeah, me, yeah I've, I've never done that, even though some people, we're not going to mention any names, think that I have. But I never have forgotten my wife's birthday. I actually do my very best to ensure, stop looking at my wife, uh, to ensure, <laughs> like, let's see what Lisa says. We don't believe this guy. <laughs> We're not going to believe him. We've got to look at her face. Oh, okay. Oh, he's telling the truth. Oh, no, he lying. He lying. Uh, uh, and so, like, uh, you know, year after year, I try to do something that's nice. If it's in the budget, if we can do it, if we can make it happen, I want to do it up for my wife. And so one year, um, actually, uh, the last year, what I did for you, baby, come on here, take the mic. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I threw my wife a 40th birthday anniversary. I know you don't believe it. I don't believe it either, but she says she's 40. And, um, and she's, and, and, and we threw a, a 40th birthday bash. Like, she was walking around here like she was 20 years old. I'm telling you, I love her. You know what I mean? And, uh, and it was, it was just an amazing thing. Cause I love to, for me, birthdays is impo- are important. And so for me, I, I made sure that I, I do it up for my wife. And there was actually one year that I surprised my wife for her birthday. And some of you may have heard this, but it's okay. You'll hear it again. And I surprised my wife for her birthday. And I, and I said, you know what? I'm going to tell her that I'm going to work, but I'm really not going to go to work. You know what I mean? I'm going to do it up and I'm going to go to work and, and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to surprise her and I'm going to let her know that I didn't go to work just to take the day off for her. And so what I tell her is, is that, honey, I got to go to work. I'm see you. I'm sorry. Got to gotta go. I go out. She stays home. She took the day off. She asked me to take the day off. And I told her I tried, but I, I lied. But you don't judge me for that because it was for a good cause. And I went, uh, I went, I went as if I was going to work, right? And uh, I go to the store. I get her a bouquet of flowers. I get her the chocolate. I do it up. I go, I, I get as much as, apparently she don't like teddy bears and balloons. She says that's for kids. But all right. And, uh, but I like them. I like giving them. And so I come home with this just full of stuff. I park the car around the block to make sure she don't see it. And I almost died that day. That's how much I love her because I almost sacrificed my life just trying to bless her and give her something for her birthday. And so she doesn't know who's trying to open the door, but I'm trying to open the door to be like, surprise. And my wife opens the door all frantic with a pot of coffee about to throw it in my face. And she was like, baby, I thought you were trying to break in. And so I was going to smash you with this pot of coffee and I'm like why would you open the door like that's your only protection <laughs> if somebody was trying to break in like why would you do that right and and so and so I, I remember that day I, I we went out I took out a shopping spree a generous shopping spree by my dad two hundred dollars not I'm like you just can get a pair of shoes with that and <laughs> And, uh, you know, I tried to do it. I took it on a shopping spree. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it up for my baby. And every year I try to do something real nice for my, for my, um, for my beautiful wife. And, 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 and they, they, there was this one year. I got to be honest. 
that I knew was my wife's birthday. It's weird. And I'm going to try to explain it, but it was weird. But on my wife's birthday, I booked myself to preach at another church. I know. I messed up. I know. I don't know how it happened, right? But I booked myself to preach at another church. Now, I was asked, I was asked, hey, Pastor, can you come preach on the 18th? Now, I know that January 18th is my wife's birthday. But when I looked at it, that calendar, it didn't look like my wife's birthday. That ever happened to you? That ever happened to you? Like you look at the date. Come on, somebody don't leave me alone because we've been, we've been fighting. She's like, how does that happen? I'm like, watch, the church is going to be on my side. And, and, on the eight, and I'm like, the 18th, I don't know, for some reason, I, I, it didn't register to me that January 18th on the calendar. So when, they, I was, when I was booked to preach at another church, I was like, yeah, the 18th, I'm free. Let's go. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there and I'll preach. And I had to book myself. And, and then, you know, all, all the time I'm still trying to make plans to do something with her on the 18th but I'm like already booked but it didn't register that I had my wife's birthday so much so that my wife on December 25th on Christmas I think she's a little traumatized because on December 26th she was like oh 24 more days to my birthday (laughs) January 1st came it's New Year's. Let's talk about New Year's. Oh, nope. 18 more days to my birthday. I'm like, baby, did I traumatize you? Are you okay? Do we need to go to counseling? Is everything all right? You know? And she's like, (laughs) I think on the inside, she's like, I'm just making sure that calendar thing doesn't happen again. (laughs) I'm preaching. Um, (laughs) Have you ever lost focus of what's most important? Have you ever lost focus somehow it happened? You don't really understand how it happened, but have you ever lost focus? See, see, birthdays are extremely important for me, and, and it's extremely important for you to remember your spouse's birthday, right? But have you ever lo- lost focus of what's, what's most important in your life? I think it's possible sometimes when we get distracted, when we lose focus, that we lose sight of what's most important. We lose sight of what making the main thing the main thing is really about. Has that ever happened to you where you kind of, you know these things are important, but then you operate as if they're not? Has that ever happened to you where you know, you understand, you have the knowledge that this is the most important thing in my life, but the way we function, the way we operate, or the way we move is as if that was not important? Kind of like I knew that her birthday was the 18th, but I was operating as if that was not her birthday? Has that ever happened to you? It's like... It's like, you didn't forget. You, don't, you know what's important in your life. You know what the main thing should be in your life. But we operate sometimes in function because we lose focus. We lose focus and we start operating in a way that says that we don't know what the priority is in our life. And we may not know. And here's the thing. Like, when it comes to Christ Uncensored, I want to I make sure that we know what the main thing is in this church. I want to make sure that as a pastor and, and as, as, as part of this church community that we never forget what the main thing, what's of most importance at Christ Uncensored. And I want to be honest, uh, we may not always know every detail of, of what's headed, of where we're headed. We may not know every detail of what's coming our way. But one thing we can make sure of is who we are throughout the journey. Are you hearing me? 
See, we may not know all the details of where God is taking us. We may not know all the details of what's coming our way. But one thing we can be sure of is who we are throughout the journey. And so Christ Uncensored, we have what's called our core values. This is what makes us who we are. This is the thing that we kind of hang our hat on. It's important to know our values because if you don't know what your values, see, everyone has values. But if you don't know what your values are, you don't know what to do and you don't know where to go. See, if you don't know what your values are, you don't know really who you are. And, and what happens is your values is what you are made of. And so at Christ Uncensored, our values are we preach Jesus. We love people. We serve with excellence. We preach authentically. We give generously. We fellowship as a community. And we are accountable to honor one another. This is what we are made of. Can I be honest? Have you ever, have you ever um, put something in the blender? Like I've been, I've been, um, I've been uh, doing a lot of organic stuff, you know? So I've been uh, making my own drench, uh, ranch dressing, all right? Because I don't want to eat that poison. And uh, I, I made my own ranch dressing and a ranch, uh, a vegan, you're going to need this for the Daniel Fast, write this down. Uh, a vegan ranch dressing, all natural, is cashews, some pepper. got to put some adobo there to give it that Spanish little, you know what I mean? Uh, it's a little bit sazon. Some pepper, some salt, some Italian dressing, even, and then you're gonna squeeze. You're gonna squeeze lime into it, fresh lime juice, right? And so, when I squeeze the lime, the lime, you know what comes out of lime? Lime juice. That was a quick revelation, right there. Write that down. Take it home. It's gonna hit you. Woo! Lime juice. Because here's the deal. What is it that comes out of you when you're squeezed? What is it that comes out of your life when life is pressing you? See, because what press, what squeeze, what, what comes into your life, the real you comes out. See, whatever, whatever, whatever pressure comes into your life is when the real you comes out. See, our core values are not simply these cuddly little words, but they are what make up our DNA. They are what are the fibers of our being. They are who we are. It is what we are when we are, no matter where we are. This is who we are as a church, as a community, as a family. The number one thing, I want to put it beyond anything, is that we preach, say it with me, Jesus. See, we preach Jesus. Jesus is the center of who we are. As a church community, I want to be honest. Can I let the, 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 there you go, cat out of the bag. Can I, can I let that one out real quick? And just in case it was a surprise to anyone, this church is about Jesus. <laughs> See, this church is not simply about self-help and ethical teachings and moral values. Those things are important, no doubt about it. But at the core of who, who we are, we are about Jesus Christ. We are about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. Can anybody believe what I'm saying? Come on, church. See, we are a church that we talk about Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus. We worship with Jesus songs. We read Jesus scriptures. And if you believe Jesus in this place, give him some praise all over this room. 
want you to look at these, this scripture, and I want, you to, I, want to, I want you to think about it in this perspective. Look at Acts chapter 3. It says, Peter and John went to the, to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. I love that because it's interesting how you can take an ugly situation and put it before, before something that's beautiful. Such a contrast there. Every day there's a beautiful gate, and every day there's an ugly situation. And this man began to ask for money. And the man asked for money because he thought that money was what he needed to fix his situation. Can I, be, can I be transparent? Isn't it true of us that oftentimes we approach God in the same manner? God, I want to talk about the things that I know. See, oftentimes we think we know what we need to fix our situation. We think we know what we need to fix our situation, and therefore we ask based upon what we think we need. We begin to ask God based upon what we think we need. I had this conversation with my son. My son is a Rubik's Cube expert. By the way, he's at 17 seconds. He's, he solves the Rubik's Cube in 17 seconds. I think it's 17.8 to be exact. I don't want to I don't want to, you know, he'll be upset if I give you the wrong number. 17.8 seconds. This boy can finish an entire Rubik's Cube in 17.8 seconds. He does it so fast that the blocks of the Rubik's Cubes end up breaking off. And there goes another Christmas gift I got to buy. And so one of them broke off the other day, and he's like, Dad, I need tape. And I'm like, for what? And he's like, Dad, I need tape because I got I to gotta fix my Rubik's Cube. And I was like, son... Tape will not fix your Rubik's Cube. He's like, Dad, I'm telling you. And I looked at the piece, and I'm like, Bye, you cannot put tape on this piece. And he's like, he's like, trust me, just give me the, can you just give me the tape? I'm like, tape, I'm like, this kid must be Hispanic because he thinks tape fixed everything. And, and, and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, Bob, tape will not fix your Rubik's Cube. Give it up. He's like, Dad, but I know that tape will fix my Rubik's Cube. I'm like, Bob, I will buy you a new one. Tape. And he's like, but I know that tape will fix my Rubik's Cube. And I just saw a picture of humanity there for that moment because I think we begin to ask God based upon things that we think we need to fix our situation. God, I, God, I know I need tape. God is like, no, tape is not going to fix your life. Tape is not going to fix your life. Tape is not going to fix your situation. This man said, he said, I'm going to ask these guys who are men of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus followers, I'm going to ask them for money. Because I think money is going to fix my situation. See, here's the deal. Watch this, watch this, watch this. See, see, we begin to ask God because we don't know who we really are. And we don't really, because we don't know who we really are, we then don't know what to ask. Because when we don't know who we are, we begin to ask God for things that we think we need. But when you know who you are, you don't ask God for the things that you think you need. You don't ask God for the things you think that will fix your problems. You begin to ask God for that which will produce your future. See, when, when you know who you are, when you know who you are at your core, you don't ask 
God for things that will fix your problems. You ask God that which will produce your future because this man was, was almost satisfied with receiving money when God wanted to give him much more than just money. But he was saying, hey, can I get some money? And God is saying, no, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you the answer to a problem you don't even know you have yet. See, also, sometimes we ask for what we think we need, what we think will fix us. We begin to ask God for what we think will fix us. You know why? Oftentimes we ask God for what we think will fix us because we've given up on what we know deep inside we actually need. What do you, what do you mean, Pastor Ro? That we've given up on what we know deep inside we truly need. And so we just begin to ask God for what we think will fix us. But we have given up. On, so, so this man, I, I, I look at this man at birth. And maybe at one point he knew he needed the Messiah. At one point he knew he needed healing. At one point he knew he needed Jesus, but he gave up on that because he didn't get that. And so now he's just asking for money. See, I think oftentimes we have given up on asking for love, so now we're simply asking for a man or a woman. See, we've given up on asking for the dream, so now we're simply asking for what's realistic. See, we've given up on asking for a career, so now we're simply asking for a job. We've given up on one for asking for God what will wake us up with purpose, so now we're simply asking for God what will put us to sleep because of our problems. See, we've given up on all that God has for us, so we're simply asking for God for the bare minimum. Can I, hey, can I, can I just, give me, just give me a job? Lord, give me a man. Not me. Give me a woman. Well, not, not me either. Get, Lord, I, God, I know that if you give me this piece of tape, it'll fix me. I, God, I know that if I get this career, whoo, I'm fixed, God. I know, God. Just trust me, God. I've been doing this Rubik's Cube for 17 seconds. Trust me. Give me the tape in my life so I can fix my problem. And God is looking at you and saying, tape will not fix you. Money will not fix you. That you new job you've been asking for and you thought that that would be, the, that would be it, that will not fix you. That new, that, new, that new person that you, that's in your life and you think, oh, God, if I just had that one person, if I just, God, if I just reached this financial point in my life, I know that will fix me. And God is saying there is a deeper rooted issue that I have the answer for. And so I look at this man and I'm like, man, he would have he easily settled. He would have easily settled for, for some money. Just give me some, hey, give me $100. I'm, I'm chilling, right? But I love Peter because Peter's like, hey, bro. Hey, bro, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have I give you in the name of Jesus. I want you to catch this, church. He says, silver and gold I don't have because I know you think that that's what you need. But I have the answer to a problem that goes much deeper than what you see on the surface. I got the answer to a problem that goes much deeper than what you are, that you, goes much deeper than what you think money can fix. 
See, because he thought that money could fix him because he thought money will fix him because he's broke. But when all the money's gone, who fixes his brokenness? See, when God has given you all that you've asked for and you are still broken inside, then who resolves that? And God says that, let me give you the answer to your brokenness before I give you the answer to you being broke. Are you hearing me, church? (laughs) And Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have is Jesus. He says, I'm going to give you the answer to your problem because what you have is not a money problem, bruh. What you have is not a, is it out of condition problem, bruh? Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. What you have is not a cussing problem. Excuse me, mister. What you have is not a porn problem. What you have is not a sexuality problem. What you have is not a cigarette problem. What you have is not a fornication problem. What you have is not a lust problem. What you have is a Jesus problem. See, because greater than our ethical problems and our moral problems and our lifestyle problems is the problem that is deeply rooted in our hearts, which is a Jesus problem. And he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give in the name of Jesus. We preach, say with me, Jesus. Jesus. Huh. What you have, my friends, why Christ uncensored? We preach Jesus because Jesus is the answer to the problem you don't even think you have. See, this country, we we look at this country and we're like, okay, we need the answers. We need the answers. What is the church going to do? What is the church going to do? Oh, my God. Everybody's scared because... You know, someone's president and, and oh, we can't have this person president because God forbid if this person becomes president and if Hillary became president and Donald Trump become president, man, listen, we don't have a president problem. We have a Jesus problem in this country. I looked at that tea. That tea looks good right there. I love it. Like it. Anyway, sidetrack. Squirrel. <laughs> we have a Jesus problem, church. Let me offer you. We offer to the world. You know what? A Jesus We offer to the world, not a Jesus, the Christ. Jesus, the Christ. We offer to the world, Jesus. See, we don't have just a cussing problem, a lust problem, a sexuality problem. We have a Jesus problem. And this is why the disciples said, listen, we're going to go all across the world and we're going to preach one thing and it's Jesus Christ. We're going to go to, to, to Macedonia. We're going to go to Asia. We're going to go all across the world and we're going to preach this message. Jesus, Jesus, and only Jesus, because Jesus is the one that's going to turn hearts transform. Jesus is the one that's going to turn this world upside down. Hey, we can come talk about the law. We can talk about moral value. We can talk about other things but at the end of the day if we miss this one thing Jesus we've missed it all are you hearing me and so they all across the world this is why Jesus is what they believed in their hearts it's what they declared with their lips it's what they gave with their hands it's what they preached with their life they wanted to look like Jesus live like Jesus love like Jesus they wanted to be like Jesus become like Jesus you know what the goal of this church is to become more like Jesus. See, what value is it if we just, we just know all the details? What value is it that we know everything? We just, we just increase in knowledge. 
See, knowledge is good, but it's not Jesus. See, our goal at the end of this all, at the end of it all, we're not going to have a test to see how much we know, but of how much we've allowed Jesus to be known in our hearts. And so the disciples, if we look at the scripture, Acts chapter 4, 2, look, can I, can I run these scriptures with you? It says, they were, look, look what the disciples preach. The guys that turned this world upside down, look what they preach. In Acts chapter 4, verse 2, it says they were upset because of what Peter and John were teaching the people. What were they teaching the people? By telling people about who? Say his name. But we preach who? Christ crucified. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, every day in the house of God and in the homes, they kept teaching and preaching about who? Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 5, verse 42. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, it says, we do not preach about ourselves. We preach about Christ Jesus the Lord. We are, your ser- we are the servants of Jesus. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give unto you in the name of Woo! See, see, they understood that Jesus was their message. They understood that the Father sent his Son. They understood that the Holy Spirit, which we've spoken, we just came out of this series speaking about the power of the Holy Spirit active in our lives. You know what the Holy Spirit's number one purpose in your life is? To remind you of the teachings of Jesus. It is the central figure, of, central figure of all of history. It is Jesus. <laughs> I think about this man just being satisfied with money. And my thought was this. How often have we become easily satisfied for something less than Jesus Christ? Hey, who's the most important figure in your life? Jesus, right? Jesus. But somehow the way we operate and function is as, is as if we, our human tendency says, yeah, I know Jesus is the most important thing, and I know, but I function as if he may not be. And so I become so easily satisfied with something less than all God is, Jesus. I, I become satisfied, and therefore I think I need something, I need Jesus and plus something else. Can I be honest? I love my wife. I adore my wife. You know one of the greatest things I love about my wife? That as as, as much as she loves me, she would drop me in a hot second for Jesus. I kind of feel the way sometimes, too. I'm not going to be honest. I'd be like, who's your master? She'd be like, Jesus. I'd be like, whatever. (laughs) See, I love that. Because she loves Jesus. And though... She loves me. It pales in comparison to her love for her God, for her Father. And I, and I think about how easily human nature tends to just be satisfied with, with what we're asking for because we think it'll fix us. And so we want to become satisfied with, with tape, with money, and with a job. And we want to become so easily satisfied. And you know, what, you know what happens sometimes is that we translate that into our church experience as well. Have you ever seen that? Like, come to church. You know what? We, we want church to kind of be our tailor. Our, we want to tailor church for us. And we, you know, I'm going to go to church today. 
And I, I hope they're not singing that same song again because I want them to sing Oceans by Taya Smith, Hillsong. I, 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 I hope they sing a... I hope they sing this song because when I hear this song, oh, I feel the whole, I hope, Patch, I've, I've, I've been asked to preach particular messages. I've been pulled to the side, hey, Pastor Ro, you need to preach on this message. I'm like, bro, I preach Jesus. Everything I, full disclosure, everything that you will hear will always point to Jesus. So I, I was told one time that I got to preach a whole message on tattoos. Jesus is more important than your tattoo, I'm sorry. Preach a whole message in text. I'm preaching Jesus. Because Jesus is what's going to change your life. Not a three-point sermon on how you not should put ink on your body. First of all, that's not even in the Bible. <laughs> and so, so he, Pastor Roy, you need to preach more on, on, on Melchizedek. Melchizedek is just a picture of Jesus. See, I, I did that. Drew, I did that. See, I went to Exodus. Full disclosure, I went to Exodus, and I went to Moses, and I said, Moses, I'm going to preach on the Ten Commandments today. He said, bro, why are you going to preach on me? Because I only have the, the Ten Commandments written on stone. Preach about Jesus because he'll have the Ten Laws written in your heart. <laughs> you see, I went to Noah, and I said, Noah, I want to preach on I want to preach on you this Sunday. But Noah looked at me, and Noah said, hey, bro, why are you going to preach on me? I just created a boat that's going to save my family, and it's a picture of baptism. Go preach Jesus, because Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, and he's not just going to save a few people in a, in a boat. He's going to save the whole world. See, I did that. I went to Abraham and I said, Abraham, I'm going to preach on you this Sunday. And Abraham said, why are you going to preach on me? I almost sacrificed my son. Preach on Jesus because he is the son that was sacrificed for the world. See, I went, come on church, I went to Daniel. I went to Daniel and I said, Daniel, I'm going to preach on you and you locked up. And they said, why are you going to preach on me? Because if you preach on me, I was in the room with lions. Go preach on Jesus. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on. I went to David and I said, David, we're going to preach David because you are in the generation of Jesus. We're going to preach David because he said, David, David, David. He said, well, I'm the pastor. Why are you going to preach on me? He said, preach on me? I was only the king of Israel. I only defeated the lion, the bear, and, and, and Goliath. Preach on Jesus. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. And he defeated death. And he defeated guilt. And he defeated every power in darkness. He said, preach Jesus. See, when I look at the Bible, the Bible points me back to Jesus. When I look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament points me back to Jesus. We preach Jesus. Our message is Jesus. The hope of humanity is Jesus. See, yo, we're going we're gonna to hear about David. We're going to hear about Moses at this church. No doubt about it. We're going to hear about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But at the end of it all, they all will point you to Jesus. You know what happened when they came to Mary? And they said, Mary, we got a wine problem. She said, no, you don't. You got a Jesus problem. Go to Jesus and do whatever he tells you. See, even the mother of Jesus knew that the resolution was to go to Jesus yourself. Luke, and Luke, we have this dilemma that's happening. 
It says, I tell you, many prophets and kings longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. They longed to hear what you hear, but, but they didn't hear it. He says, they missed the point, Drew. They missed the You hear what you're hearing. And you're talking about Abraham. And Abraham is saying, no, pay attention to the one that's before you. In, the, in John chapter 5, Jesus has this same scenario where the, the Pharisees, they're trying to look at the scriptures and trying to find eternal life. And Jesus says, you have heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there. These scriptures are about me. And here I am, standing right before you. And you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. He says, you search the scriptures because you think they give eternal life. He says, you search the scriptures, church, because you think they give eternal life. You think they give eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. You ever said I love you to the wrong person by accident? <laughs> ever happened to you? I was actually going through these notes and my son heard me and he's like, Dad, I didn't do that, but I accidentally held someone's hand that I thought was you. It was so awkward, Dad. I was like holding his, I went to hold his hand, but I thought it was you. And I, and I said, look at him, I was like, oh, that's not you. Like, that ever happened to you? Like, right? Like, you ever said I love you to the world? Like, you, you're on the phone with Time Warner Cable? Spectrum, sorry. You're on the phone with Time Warner Cable? And you're like, all right, I'll talk to you later. I love you, bye. Oh, sorry. Huh? That ever happened to you? See, can I submit this to you? Words, words, the value of words, the value of words are directly connected to the person they're coming from. See, if somebody walked out in the street and they came up to me and they said, Ro, I love you. First of all, I think he's weird, right? He's, he's a little weird. Sorry, right? But, but, but when... When you've been dating someone for six months, you've been dating somebody for six months, and you're in that limbo game to see who say it first, and that person comes up to you and they're like, uh, and usually it's in a fighting moment. No, I hate you. No, I hate you. No, I hate you because I love you. Weird. But, but when you're six months dating and you're waiting and you hear those words, I love you, it's like M&Ms, they melt in your mouth, out of your hands, and your heart is melted before their eyes. I love, it's in, it means something because of the person it's coming from. See, the, the Pharisees, you know what they were trying to do? They were trying to separate God's word from who that was, the person who was communicating it. But see, this is God's word, and it's a book about Jesus from Jesus, pointing to Jesus. And he says, you search the scriptures. You search the scriptures. Because you think in them you find life. But what you don't understand is that in your search of scriptures, you don't go deep enough. Because if you looked a little deeper and a little further, you would see that the words in this book is actually me. Because this is the word. And I am the personification of this word. And this word points to me. We preach Jesus. Come on, church. 
He says, you're not looking deep enough. You're not looking further enough. He says, you think that you're trying to disconnect. And let me tell you, Christ Uncensored, when you disconnect this word from Jesus, what you end up having is religion. See, when you begin to disconnect this word from religion, uh, I'm sorry, from Jesus. See, if you disconnect God's word from the, the one who's relaying God's word. In other words, if I take that same phrase, I love you, and put it on a stranger, and that person tells me I love you, it means nothing. It has no significance. It's of none, no importance. But when the person that I, the person that I am waiting in anticipation to hear I love you says them, it melts my heart. And so when you disconnect God's word from the one who's relaying God's word and the, and the one that it's being, the one it's pointing to, what you get is religion. And this is why that religion has permeated the world. Why? Because we have ultimately tried to disconnect this word from Jesus. And if you allow a religion, see, religion can be controlled, and that's why humanity loves it. See, religion fills your mind, and that's good because we love knowledge. I, I love higher education. I love communication. I love uh, getting into deep conversations. But if that's all that it is, then we're missing the point. You know what? We don't like heart transformation. Heart transformation is we can't control it. And therefore, that's why humanity prefers religion over relationship. And if you allow religion to preach a message to you, religion says that you better love God, but Jesus declares that he surely loves you. If you allow religion to preach you a message, religion will say that God can forgive you. But when you preach Jesus, you'll hear him say he already has forgiven you. If you allow religion to preach your message, it says you need to be holy. You need to be holy. But if you preach Jesus, Jesus will say, I've made you holy through the cross of Calvary. <laughs> See, religion will always point to your badness. But when you preach Jesus, it will always point to his goodness. That religion will always, always, always will tell you that God will bless you. As you do your part, but Jesus declares, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing through the Holy Spirit. See, religion says God can and if, but Jesus says God will and has. Religion says that God is counting your sins, but Jesus says I have removed them as far as the east is from the west. Religion drives you with the law, but Jesus draws you with his love. We preach Jesus. Silver and gold we may not have, but what we do have, we give unto you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk like you've never walked before. Live like you've never lived before. And we're like, well, oh, he just got his healing. No, the Bible says in, in the verse 16, it says, this man was healed because of his faith in Jesus. What if we become too easily satisfied with life? What if we become too easily satisfied with what's less important? And what gives us most satisfaction, what, gives us, end up give, what ends up giving us fulfillment is something that's less than what God intended for us. 
says, you keep thinking tape is going to fix your problem. But Jesus is going to prepare your future. You know, Jesus doesn't spend time in your past. You know, Jesus doesn't spend time in your past. He's like, all right, before, hey, before we, we're going to have to talk about this Egypt situation, Moses. There you go, I'm preaching on Moses right there. <laughs> you know, he, he never bothers with your past. He says, I want to prepare you for your future. And we're saying, God, fix us with the tape. And we become so satisfied with the tape. And God is saying, I don't want to just give you something that will fix your problem on the surface. I want to go deeper. Have we become satisfied with something that's less? As the worship team comes up, have we become satisfied, Christ and sense? With something that's less than Jesus. I know he's important. I know he's, he's important. I know that he's, he is my savior. I know that he is my Lord. I know he's important. But somehow I've lost focus and functionally I operate in a way, in a way that doesn't put God as the preeminent figure in my life. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Roe, you're talking to me, man. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Roe, it's 2017 and 2016, I, I kind of fell a victim to be satisfied with something less than Jesus Christ. I thought I needed tape to fix me in my life. I thought I needed that career to fix me in my life. I thought I needed this financial bracket or status to fix me in my life. But if I were to only make Jesus as the preeminent figure in my life, man, life would have been different. I would have been leaping. I would have been jumping. I would have been praising like this lame man. The reason we preach Jesus is because Jesus is the answer to the problem that goes much deeper than any problem you can present to God on your own. We preach Jesus because Jesus is the hope of humanity. I want to live like this, Christ uncensored. I want to live in this way. They looked at the man and they said, look at us. Look at us. Come, look at us. And that boggled my mind because I said, why are they telling him? To, like, why does that little nuance have to be there? And it just hit me. Look at us. Because we reflect the answer. No, we, we are not the answer. But I want to live my life in such a way that reflects Jesus Christ Almighty. I want to live my life in such a way that look at us. I did look at you. That's why I'm asking you for money. No, you didn't take a closer look. Because if you took a closer look, you will see that we reflect Jesus. Have we been satisfied for the lesser things? If that's you and you're saying, Pastor Roe, 2017, I need to... I need to really walk like Jesus is the most important figure in my life. My life needs to preach Jesus. My life needs to preach Jesus. What value is it that if we get, with, we get filled with head knowledge, 
We get filled with all the scriptures and we don't tell a soul about the Jesus that has transformed our life. What value does it merit or have if we simply come to church to get filled with head knowledge and say, oh, that was a great message. But our hearts are not transformed. And our lives are not preaching Jesus. If you're here today, and I know we are a little bit beyond our time, but if you're here today, you say, Pastor Ro, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me, Pastor Ro? It's 2017, Pastor Ro. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to preach Jesus with my life. I want to believe Jesus in my heart. I want to declare him with my lips. I want to give him with my hands. I want to preach him with my life. I want to look like Jesus, love like Jesus, live like Jesus. That at the end of it all, at the end of my journey, they said you look more like Jesus when you were 60 than when you did when you were 30. Because every inch of the way, the Holy Spirit was operating you in in your life in such a way that you became more like Jesus. If that's you today, and in a moment of transparency, I want to count to three. I just want you to lift up your hands. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.